So glad you guys are here with us. Uh, if you're new, we're especially glad you guys are here with us. It has been a crazy week around here, um, an exciting week. This was Grinchmas week, and so it is a ton of work. If you missed out, make sure uh, you get to come next year. Uh, just to give you some ideas of this week, I mean, there were countless hours uh, involved. It takes two weeks to set up and three hours to tear down, and it's a madhouse. But it's all worth it because we had over 3,000 people uh, come through this past couple of days. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> over 100 volunteers served. Uh, and we don't talk about money. And if you're new, just cover your ears for this next part. But it is also a very costly event. And so if you give the journey, if you want to consider maybe giving just a few extra dollars this week to offset the cost of all the food to feed the volunteers and all the stuff that it takes on. Uh, but we love doing it every year. And uh, we are super excited about the success for this year and just all the pictures and smiling kids and faces we saw. And so it was another great event. But I am tired. I am very tired. And so we're going to get through this together. And so uh, one more thing, Christmas services. I know they probably said it in the announcement video. Uh, we spent hours debating this. If you don't believe me, uh, just ask our staff. And we're going to talk about conflict and drama today. There was conflict and drama around these Christmas service times because we were trying to find something that worked for everybody, and you're never going to do that. But just to remind everybody, we will have a Christmas Eve service, or not Christmas Eve, but a service on the 23rd at 7 p.m. Then we'll have a service the 24th Christmas Eve at 11 o'clock, and then also a 9 o'clock that night. All the services are identical, uh, and so the only exception would be student ministry will not take place in the 9 o'clock, uh, but there will be child care for all the other services. So start thinking about which service you would like to come through, and so hopefully we can get that to where everybody can find a service that works for them and their family. So we are in this series, and we are talking about the most wonderful time of the year, um, but sometimes for some of us, it's not. And we've talked about that for a lot of us. There's been a lot of tension and drama maybe around this year, and so we've been carrying some of that with us, and we're kind of getting into it. For some of us, and not all of us, but for some of us, if we're honest, um, we're about to have dinner and lunches and stuff with some people that, that we, we love, but we just don't like. You know what I'm talking about? Because there's some tension there, and there's some drama there. And so it's an amazing time, but it can also be stressful. For some of us, it's also this realization that this year is coming to an end, and a new one's about to start. And sometimes we feel this pressure of all of the stuff that we've had in the past and starting over. So let's just talk about some of this. And so last week, we talked about the idea of how to deal with mean people. We all have people in our life that would be mean and mean to us and rude and all of these things. And we looked at an amazing story of a woman named Abigail who stepped into a situation that could have escalated. And that's the tension point sometimes. And sometimes we have things that could escalate because of people and the way they treat us and the way we deal with them. And so we talked about that. And this week we're moving on to another point uh, that I hope that you guys don't deal with. But the reality is most of us in this room, most of us listening, uh, most of us will have to deal with this in some ways at some point in our lives. And maybe we're dealing with it right now, and that is drama. Does anybody deal with drama? All right, drama in family, drama at work, drama with friends. So we want to help you get through these holidays drama-free, and not just these holidays, but hopefully your life. And so we're going to talk about this today and see what the Bible says about it. And actually, it says quite a bit. Um, this is not a new problem, that, that there's drama between people, there's conflict between people. This is not a new problem. It's an age-old problem since the beginning of time. Even the first stories we see of man in the Bible deal with this. And so in order to get there, we have to understand what we're talking about. And so I'm going to give you the definition of drama. This comes from Webster's, and it says, an exciting, emotional, or unexpected series of events or circumstances. 
So that's drama. Now, I looked at that definition and I was like, eh, that doesn't really set the mood for what we want to talk about. So I turned, and I got to warn you, okay, before you see this next definition, um, especially the ladies. Remember, as we read this, I did not write this, okay? Um, but I decided to give us a better definition. We're going to turn to the place of all sources that are truth, and we went to Urban Dictionary, all right? So here's what Urban Dictionary defines as drama. Ready? It says this, creating unnecessary stress about unimportant things, making a mountain out of a molehill to get attention. Now, it doesn't stop there. This is the part, remember, not me. It says this, something women and especially teenage girls thrive on. Now, ladies, guys have drama too. This is not my definition. Consisting of any number of situations that could have an easy solution which would bring a fairly good outcome. But these girls choose another way. Bad way to deal with it, consisting of backstabbing, blackmailing, gossiping, betraying their friends. It drives men and normal girls nuts. All right. So there's your definition of drama. So drama conflict, it's just a part of our lives. Uh, We all probably know people that tend to thrive in drama. Uh, We know people who it seems to follow. Uh, And so what do you do in these situations? How do you deal with these people? How do you deal with these situations that come up in your life? Now, there is unavoidable drama in life. There's going to be unavoidable problems in life. There's just things you can't avoid. Um, Some of that relates to family, right? I mean, we love our family. Family is with us from the beginning um, until the end. And we all have unavoidable family. We can't avoid our family. So we all have family drama. I was going to try to give you guys an illustration of some unavoidable family drama, uh, but most of my family comes to church here and listens, so that wouldn't be good. So, uh, but we all have that. You know what I'm talking about. There's this unavoidable stuff, but then there's avoidable stuff. There's boyfriend, girlfriend drama, there's work drama, there's friend drama, there's neighbor drama, and so what do we do about it? The first thing we have to realize when it comes to these conflicts that we have is that life is connected. It just is. All of life is connected. All of the choices we make are connected. And some people, they think that it's not, but it does. And another thing to realize is your present situations. So the relationships, the conflict in your relationships, the drama in your relationship, your present situations, and we all have these, will become your past and you'll always carry it into your future unless you deal with it. So whatever you're dealing with, when you're in a moment, when you're in a situation where there's some drama in your life or some tension in your life or some things in your life where people are making life uncomfortable for you or there's some things that you feel like need to be addressed, just remember that whatever that is, it will become your past and you will carry it into your future unless you deal with it, unless you choose to make some decisions. And hopefully, like me, you do not want to carry the weight, the tension, the drama any longer than you have to. And so today we're going to talk about some practical handles to deal with some of this stuff in our life, to deal with some of these situations, and you're going to be surprised. The Bible actually has a lot to say about this. Again, this is not a new problem, right? And so to start, I want to quote the great philosopher uh, who's actually quoting a proverb. His name is Little John, and he says this, don't start no stuff, won't be no stuff, right? (laughs) So don't start no stuff, won't be no stuff. There's your first thing, all right? So the first place to start when we have this stuff in our life is to ask this question. Now, this is an uncomfortable question for almost everybody in this room, including me. It is a question we do not like to ask, okay? But this is the question when we have drama, when we have tension, when we have conflict that needs to be dealt with or it needs to be kind of addressed. Um, The first place to start always is this. What part did I play in this? 
It is very easy for us to always deflect and to always pretend like everything that's going on is them and who they are. And we never want to deal with the first place we should start with is what part of this did I play? Is there anything that I own need to own up to? Now, I realize and I, I'm not, I understand it's not your fault. How could it be, right? It's never our fault. But I once heard it said, the first step to real wisdom is to know this. You are not always right. And a lot of us, when we go into these situations, we think that we're right, they're wrong. It's just the simple line that we draw. So when it comes to drama, the first place to start, is there any part of this situation, is there any part of this fractured or strained relationship that may be related to something that I said or did? Now, I'm not saying that you did all of it. I get it. Sometimes it is mostly them. It is mostly that situation. It is mostly that group of people. But is there anything that I've done that's added to this? Is there anything that I need to own? Now, this is something that we all struggle with, this denial to admit that part of this could be our fault. And if we're honest and seem to struggle with that, welcome to the human race. You're not alone. We always, and our first instinct is often to deflect, to push on to other people. But just because it's something we all struggle with doesn't mean that it's okay. And so sometimes when we have these conflicts, when we have these dramas, we need to start with the question, hey, is there anything that I've said or done that may have aided to where we are? And I know it's hard for a lot of us to do that. I know it's hard for a lot of us to kind of step back from the situation and to admit that maybe there was something that we did that kind of has accelerated or kind of led to this situation, but we have to start with ourselves. If you want resolution in any conflict, the best place to start is with yourself. If you want to move forward, it's necessary. And so anytime we have any type of drama, any type of conflict, the best place to start is just look at your own heart, look at your own mind, look at your own actions and say, hey, what have I done to contribute to this? Now at that point, Obviously, most of the time, there's still something else. There's always another party involved. There's always something else that needs to be dealt with. And so when we decide that we need to address this, when we decide that the conflict or the drama or whatever it is, we need to say something about it, we need to do something about it, where do we actually start? Well, the reality is, is that Jesus speaks into this in most brilliant ways. And he actually gives us a formula that if we all followed, I guarantee you most of the time, if not all of the time, would help you work through these conflicts, work through these situations, work through these relationship issues. So here's what he says, all right? And he says this in Matthew chapter 18. He says this, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won the person back. All right, so here's the first step because there's more steps. So I'm just giving you the first one. The first thing that Jesus says is if you have a problem with somebody, you need to go to that person. That's the step. It's that simple. If there's a problem, if there's something that's happened, if you've heard through the grapevine, there's this thing, if there's this tension, you need to go to that person. He then goes on to explain, it's not going to on the screen, but he, he gives a couple other steps. He says, then he says, if you're unsuccessful, because the idea is, hey, I go to you, we talk it out, and, and maybe we can work this out. And let's be honest, let's stop there. How much tension, how much drama, how many problems have we had that looking back, if we had just gone to that person first, we probably could have resolved it. 
We, we probably could have dealt with it. It didn't have to blow up. It didn't have to become anything bigger. We could have just stopped with me and you having coffee, talking through this, and we probably could have resolved it. He says, he said, if you're unsuccessful with that, then he says, take one or two others and then go to that person because you couldn't resolve it, just the two of you. Okay, and sometimes that happens. That's reality. And then he says, so then you take a couple other people, maybe people you most mutually respect, and we'll talk about that here in a second. And you take those people and then you kind of have like a group discussion about it. Partially so that it can be confirmed what, what everybody says because we don't want this he said, she said stuff, right? So partially so we have some of that. And then he says, if that still doesn't work, then you can take it to the church or the idea of you can take it public. So let's break down what Jesus just said and why this actually would work. So the first thing is go to the person. Let me tell you this, and I deal with this all the time. I mean, you, you listen, and I'm not trying to... I work at a church, right? There's drama, I promise you, all right? And one of the things that happens is sometimes it's just misinformation. And if you would go to the person firsthand and just ask the question, hey, what happened here? What, what, what's your perspective? If you would just go to that person, we've already said how much of the tension and drama could be avoided if we just went to the person, to which most people respond, and I get it, you're probably pushing back, well, I did go to the person. Yeah, you did, but not after you went to your sister, your mom, your best friend, your cousin, their cousin, the lady behind you at the grocery and Facebook. <laughs> then you went to them. And do you know what happens, and I see it play out all the time, do you know what happens when you do that first before you go to that person? First, it almost always intensifies the situation, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, you start to build a case about why they're wrong and you're right. And what could happen sometimes when you start getting all these other people involved and you start to build this case up a little bit, you actually start to vilify the person more than really needs to take place. I mean, can you believe they did this? And then you rally the troops. And, and this is true. This is human nature. We always go to the person first not the Abigails, like we talked about last week. We go to the person that's like, yeah, let's go fight them right now, right? That's who, you want the person that's going to back you up and, and believe everything that you say, even if it's misaligned. And then what happens when you do that is, as Urban Dictionary told us, you do start to make a mountain out of a molehill. And so the first thing you need to do is you need to go to that person. You need to talk to that person. Okay, the other thing that happens is go to them first before it blows up. And, and some of us have experienced this, before they find out you're talking about them behind their back. You ever had somebody talk about you behind your back and you found out? How does that feel? It only makes things worse. And I can tell you that it infuriates me more than anything, and I'm sure you're the same, when you find out their secret texts conversations about you but not to you it only makes things worse and so before you fill in all the gaps of information you maybe don't know because we're all guilty of that before you try to imagine the context of what that person was feeling or thinking or what was gone because context is often everything isn't it the con and this is why also and let me just this is not my notes you never have important sensitive conversations through text because I can't see your face. I can't read your body language. I can't, you, you can put as many emojis as you want. It doesn't help, all right? 
Context is often anything of what was actually said, what was going on. So Jesus says, first go to them. Try to resolve it between you. Now, he also acknowledges that there's going to be sometimes you can't resolve it, just you two. And then he says, and then you start to bring in other people if necessary. And he says just one or two. Because the problem is if you bring in a whole lot of people, it's going to get real ugly real fast. So bring in a couple people, people that, that are neutral, people that maybe you both respect, right? People that aren't going to accelerate the situation, right? And, and the reason you do this is because of this. And this is a practical tip just for you guys that are married or you're thinking about me married or just anybody that's in a relationship. Here's the thing that I've learned in 20 plus years of counseling, all right? I can be sitting there with some people and they can be talking and she can be saying something to him and he can't hear anything she's saying because it's coming out of her mouth. And then I can say to that person the exact same thing and they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And they can't hear it because they're mad at each other. They're in a conflict. There's some drama between these two people. But a neutral person can come along and say the exact same thing. And all of a sudden, it like makes sense. Because now you have a different perspective, right? All of us sometimes in our life, going back to last week, we need an Abigail. We need a person that can sit there and kind of analyze the situation and say, hey, really, there's, there's a lot of other layers to this, but we need to resolve this and resolve this in a peaceful way. And so he says at that point, and see, this is the problem most of us run into. We jump to that. We jump to bringing all kinds of people into the situation that probably don't need to be involved. All right, and so make sure after you've gone to that person who doesn't work out, then you bring in a couple extra people and you try to talk it out. Most of the time, in fact, almost all of the time, if you can do this and you can do it in a way that you're not bringing in people that are going to accelerate the situation, it almost always revolves the situation in some way. But then Jesus has another step and he says the step that most of us want to jump to. He says, if that doesn't work, then you take it to the church or you make it public, kind of this drama, this conflict that's going on, which, let's be honest, is what some of us want from the beginning, isn't it? You ever met somebody, known somebody that's dramatic? They thrive on this, right? They want to put the person on display. They want people to know what type of person this is and what they've done, and so Jesus says, after you've done all of this, then eventually, if that's where you need to go, that's where you need to go. But see, Jesus knew something. And this is why he gives the formula. If you're willing to take the first two steps, you very rarely or ever get to the third step. And if you choose to involve the third step, even after the, it's been resolved in the first two steps, that's a you problem. That's a heart problem. How much drama, how much pain, how many fractured relationships, and be honest with yourself, could have been avoided if you had just taken those steps, if you'd just gone to the person, or if you, after that, then taken a couple people you both respect and just talked through it and worked through it. Jesus is really brilliant understanding human relationships. Now, there's another step that we can take, all right? And, and, and here's another one, and you guys are going to hate this one if you didn't like the first one. I can see your faces, all right? You're really going to hate this one, all right? Sometimes when it comes to conflict and drama, sometimes we have to be mature enough as people just to realize sometimes we just need to let it go. 
Sometimes we need to step back and we need to ask the question, does this really need to be something? Does this really need to be like a thing that we're going to have to do? And sometimes we have to, for our sanity and the sake of the relationship, we have to ask ourselves, and this is tough, can I just let this go? Can I just let this offense go? And here's why I say that in the present. Because if you're willing again to be honest, for some of you in this room, if you look back at some of your past relationships and some of the past tension points and some of the past things, listen, they escalated because they weren't handled right. And in hindsight, you just wish you'd just let it go. I I just wish that I'd just let that go. Just let it be, just let it lay, and and just let it go. Now, there's this great verse that that Peter gives us that kind of gives us this context. And here's what he says, all right? He says, above all, love each other deeply. So if if you're in a relationship with somebody, family, friends, whatever, but you love that person, um, he says this, love covers a multitude of sins. Which means that sometimes if I love that person, even if there's something that's happened between us, hey, my love for you is greater than whatever happened. And so we're just going to let this go. This doesn't need to be a thing. Now, sometimes we realize that some things can't be let go, right? You ever met somebody that will say to you, you know, I just can't let it go. That's a problem, isn't it? And here's why this is a problem. Let me kind of walk through this with you. Um, And I get it. I feel that way sometimes. But when someone says to me, well, you know, I just can't let it go. um, Here's the thing. Sometimes, yes, some things don't need to be let go. They need to be dealt with. But but here's here's what I I mean by this. There's this great principle that Jesus gives us, and it's treat others the way you want to be treated. Right? We've all heard that before. We know the golden rule. Okay, so let me practice this out. Okay. When I mess up, and believe me, I do. I know you guys don't think I do, but I do. Like, a lot, okay? When I mess up, when I do something that could cause some drama or some tension, do you know what I want from you? I want you to let it go, right? I want you to show me some grace and some mercy. I want you to look at me and say, you know what? He was probably just having a bad day. He, he probably just, you know, this was going on in his life. I want you to look at me and, and just be like, you know what? We, we can just let this go, Jeremy. Like, it, it, it's not a big deal, right? And I've, I've done things before to people, maybe people in this room where, you know what? I hope you can just drop it. Please, just, in fact, let's just drop it, right? I hope that you can let it go so it doesn't become a thing. Now, All of us in this room, when we mess up, whether you know it or not, do you know what you secretly hope? I hope they'll just let it go. I hope this doesn't become a thing. And so here's the question. If we want that for us, why would we not offer that to them? How hypocritical are we that I want you just to forgive me, show me mercy, show me grace, just let it go. But the moment you mess up, the moment you do something, the moment you say something, oh, I'm going to nail you. And then there's this, for those of us that are, that are Christians, not only is that hypocritical, not only is that going against the golden rule that Jesus teaches us, um, but here's what Paul tells us. He says this, he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. So there's your drama, right? That's like drama encapsulated, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, ready? Here it is, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. 
So let's say at the end of the day, you can't let it go with this person because you don't like them. Okay, forget them. What has God done for you? And how hypocritical is it as Christians, and I realize not everybody has to live up to these principles and these standards, but if you believe these things and you believe that God has forgiven you in your worst moments, in your most embarrassing moments, in in the most things that you've done, if you believe that God has still been able through Jesus to forgive you and the reality of the grace and mercy that you've already been given, how could you not offer that to somebody else? Now, I know that forgiveness is difficult, and we don't have time today to talk about it. I get it. But come on. Do we really need to hold everybody to the wall over every single thing? Or can we sometimes, just because of what we know we would want, and more importantly, what we've already been given, sometimes can we just let it go? Can we just do that? Now, there is one more reality that I have to talk about. Because the first couple are, are kind of like on you a little bit, like there's some steps you got to take and, and you don't like them very much because they don't fit in kind of the world that we live in and the culture we live in and our natural instincts, okay? And I, and I get that. But there is another reality of drama that, that we need to address. And this is the reality that some of us face, if we're honest. There are people in our lives that are so toxic so manipulative. I mean, we've already said it, but do you know people that just like drama just follows them? And it's like every day it's a new thing and every day it's a new situation and a new problem. And and, and here's the thing, if drama follows you every day, there's always a common denominator. Have you ever had relationships where, where you look back and you're like, you know what, this isn't like an isolated incident. This isn't a first time. And in fact, there seems to be a pattern here. There seems to be like this thing that just keeps happening over and over and over again. Some of us, it's this reality, and I get it because it's family and friends and people we love, but sometimes what we have to realize is there's some people in our life that cause so much pain and so much heartache that maybe we need to take the advice that Paul gives us in Titus. Here's what he says. Warn a divisive person once, and then warn them a second time, and after that, have nothing to do with them. See, some of you, you feel the the guilt because you're like, well, I got to forgive people, and I got to love people, and I got to, listen, did you know that in the Bible, that one of the writers gives you permission that, hey, there's just some people, they're just so toxic. And you see what I was going to say, you may be sure that such people are warped and sinful, and they're self-condemned, Right? I have a favorite Bible verse, and there's a couple of reasons it's one of my favorite Bible verses. Um, part of it's because the imagery, part of it is because I like to quote it to people when they ask me to quote Bible verses, but, but, but here's, here it is. It comes in Proverbs 26. It says this, as a dog returns to its vomit, you ever watch the dog eat its vomit? I have. It happened this morning at 3 a.m. It's disgusting. <laughs> as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. And here's the line I wish that the writer had added. And you don't have to be there when they do. You don't. There are some people that they're just going to keep returning to it. And you don't have to be there when they do. There are some people 
that the only way you're going to be able to let it go is to maybe let them go. And I know that seems harsh, but it's reality that some of us live in. And so we have to deal with it. And here's what I want to do as as we close out. I want to give you one more verse and one more handle because I think when it comes to drama, when it comes to mean people, when it comes to relationships and when it comes to what we're talking about next week and all of the tension, maybe not personally, but the tension that we feel in this world, um, we have choices to make every single day on the people we're becoming and the relationships we're in. And Paul gives us some really, really good advice that we've talked about before. And it's just the last thing I want to close on just to remind us of as we process this. Because see, some of us in this room, here's reality. We, we can talk theoretical all day long, but here's the reality. Some of us in this room, we've caused unnecessary drama. Some of us have drama and conflict in our life we just need to address. And some of us, guys, you just got to start to let things go. And for some of us in this room, because of the nature of the people, we have to learn to let them go. But here's what Paul tells us. He says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. A wise person realizes that it's all connected. That whatever your present is will become your past and you'll carry it in your future. A wise person also realizes that the frustrations we feel with other people very rarely stay isolated there, don't they? And we take them out on other people, including the people that we love. So be very careful then how you live, not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the most of every opportunity, the opportunity to resolve the conflict, the opportunity to resolve the drama, the opportunity for the sake of the relationship, for the sake of the love of this person, I'm just going to let it go. And the opportunity sometimes to realize this person, this thing, this situation in my life, like it's hurting me. It's hurting my relationships and I've got to let it go. And I hope that in all of this, for me and for you, and all the drama that we face, that we will learn to be wise and smart and practical. Because here's what I know about every single one of us in this room. We want to live lives that are drama-free. Let's pray.